0: continue our current series that we've entitled 50 days 50 days from the resurrection of jesus until pentecost sunday i believe that right now we as a church are on the road together to the upper room is there anybody in the house today that wants to have an upper room experience am i talking to myself am i preaching to myself I don't know about you, but I want to have an upper room experience. I want 120 people to gather together, and I want the Holy Spirit of God to fall in this house, and I want every tongue to not speak English or Spanish or your current language. I want us all to be speaking in an unknown tongue that only comes from God. So today I want to teach for just a few moments. I believe that there is a balance that we have to use as pastors between preaching and teaching you because, you see, preaching is there to fire you up. Preaching is there to invoke a passion inside of you. But teaching is there not to invoke so that you could have knowledge. And if there's one thing that I want to be as a pastor, I want to not be an entertainer I want to be an equipper can I tell you this today I am blood-bought hear me church I am blood-bought but I am also truth-taught we need the truth in the pulpit again for some reason the Holy Spirit is a topic that really you don't hear much anymore why is that I'm not gonna treat the Holy Spirit in this house like he is a red-headed stepchild. The Holy Spirit is someone that we welcome in this service whenever we meet, baby, come on. He is welcome in this house. He is welcome in all of the ministries that now we have at Calvary. We need him in our youth ministry. We need him in kids ministry. We need him in the bus ministry. We need him in men's ministry. We need him. We know we need him in women's ministry. Come on. We have got to have the Holy Spirit of God. And if there's one thing, hear me, church, that I'm going to be today, it's an equipper. And if there's one thing that this church needs to be equipped with, it's this. It's the knowledge of who the Holy Spirit of God really is is there anybody in the house today that's ever pondered that question is there anybody here that's ever lied awake at night wondering the deep things you know what I'm talking about it's kept you up where on earth did God come from who is the Holy Spirit what does he do where did he come from And today I want to together discover some powerful truths that I believe are found in the Word of God. Can I tell you now that now nearly eight years of full-time ministry, I love the Word of God today more than I ever have in my life. I've got to have the Word of God. I need the Word in everything that I do. I've got to have the Word outside of this church building everywhere I go all the decisions that I make how I speak it's got to be grounded not in morals because I believe we have too many good people and not enough godly people I don't want to be grounded in morals I want to be grounded in the word of God Is there anybody here today that appreciates the Word of God? Put your hands together because we are going to be a church of the Word. And here's the deal. We're not going to lift up a man's Word over God's Word. Everything that I say today, I challenge you. I want you to use discernment, and I want you to compare what I say Based out of the Word of God. I've stewarded over this message, and I believe for the next few moments together, everything that I'm about to say is going to come straight from God through His Word to you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me very quickly to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now, I know what most of you are thinking today. Why is Pastor teaching on this today if you hear nothing else i want you to hear me as you are turning in your bibles and i love the fact that we hear pages turning in the bible i'm not there yet guys but i i love the fact that i hear pages turning in the bible i love that but i want you to look up and i want you to hear me when i say this why am i teaching on this today listen to me because we are going to be A church of the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Hear me when I say this. We are going to be a people of the Spirit. And not only are we going to be a people of, we are going to be a people for the Holy Spirit of God. Because here's the deal. I may know the Holy Spirit But I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit knows me. And not only do I want the Holy Spirit to know me, I want the Holy Spirit to use me. Is there anybody in the sanctuary today that says, I want the Holy Spirit to use me in greater ways? I believe that out of this series, I believe that out of this sermon, God is going to start invoking some dreams inside of some people. I'm reminded that as now we have our building coming on site tomorrow I'm thankful for a man that to be honest with you I call a personal friend of mine by the name of Shane Miller Shane and I we had lunch the other day and he reminded me before I even got here before I even got here his wife Michelle had a dream that God was going to use this man to help us put a building on that property I'm thankful That God is seeing that dream through. And I'm hoping today, I'm hoping today, hear my heart, that there are going to be more dreams like this stirred up in this house. We need the Holy Spirit. And so hear me today as I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this thing. Are you ready? If I'm going to be an equipper, I want to equip you with this first truth. Number one, I want you to understand this, that the Holy Spirit of God is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, this is critical to understand today because we always just refer or often think of the Spirit as being a power. How many has ever succumbed to that line of thinking? That whenever you think of the Holy Spirit, you think of Him just as a power, like He's the force from Star Wars or something. You know what I'm talking about? Like, do you have the force? Let the force be with you. And yes, hear my heart. The Holy Spirit is all powerful. But if we think of him just as a power, then he is someone that we have got to have. But if we think of him as a person, then he is someone that's got to have us. Yes, yes. He's all powerful. And yes, I'm preaching next Sunday on the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not knocking this truth. I'm uplifting this truth. But before he is all powerful, you've got to be equipped with the knowledge that he is a person. I got to calm down. I said I was going to teach, not preach. Can I also tell you this today? The Holy Spirit is not an it. he is not some intangible object he is not a thing and that is a pentecostal term isn't it how many in here have has ever been baptized in the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues can i see some hands in today we are tongue talkers i'm thankful for the tongue listen but can i tell you today your tongue is not a toy it's a tool And whenever we say we've got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's such a Pentecostal thing to say that, oh, I got it. Have you got it? Have you gotten it yet? I got it. I received it. Here's the deal about that statement. He's not an it. And when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we don't get it. The Holy Spirit gets us. And before I leave this house today, I want to equip you with the knowledge that you don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God has you. I wonder if there's anybody in this house today that's going to declare this with me, that I want the Holy Spirit to have me. Can you just put your hands in the sanctuary today? And I want you to repeat that after me. I want the Holy Spirit to have me. Put your hands together if you want that truth. Now understand this. If the Holy Spirit is a person, then the Holy Spirit is personal. If the Holy Spirit is a person, then the Holy Spirit is personal. John chapter 14, verse 16, and the Bible says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Now, the word advocate right there in the Greek, it's this. It's parakletos, and it means this, to be called to one side. So, in essence, we can read the scripture this way I will ask the Father, and He will give you someone who is called to your side. I'm thankful today that the Holy Spirit of God has been called to my side. Oh, my God. Because, baby, sometimes I got to have a little bit of help. I need help. Don't you look at your neighbor and say, Amen wives don't you dare look at your husbands and say yes you do but how many know sometimes we need a little bit of help help i need somebody help not just anybody help i need help and the holy spirit of god has been called alongside of me to help me. Can I tell you today, I need his help every day. I need the Spirit of God to help me be a better pastor. I need the Spirit of God to help me be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better son, to be a better friend, to be a better steward of finances. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some help. Now watch this. Oftentimes, we get caught up And the term paracletos. We get caught up in the fact that he is called to help us. But I want to get caught up in what I believe is a hidden truth in the scripture. Because the Bible says that Jesus, he's going to ask the Father, and he's going to send another. I'm going to ask the Father... And I'm going to send another advocate. Now the word another in the Greek is this. It's alos. And it means it used to describe another of the same kind. So we can actually read this verse this way. I'm going to ask the Father and I'm going to send you somebody that's just like me. I'm thankful today that as Jesus was about to leave this earth, that he looked down at his followers. He looked down at the 500 people that were with him at the ascension. Now get this in your spirit. He looked down at the people and said, don't you worry. I may be going away. I may be ascending somewhere to right now you can't go there with me yet. But don't you worry because I'm going to send somebody that's just like me. I'm thankful that Jesus left us in the hands of someone like him. I'm thankful that we have the Holy Spirit who is just like Jesus except he has also been called to help me out and stand by my side and everything that I go through in life. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I don't want to just have Jesus and reject the Spirit. I want to have Jesus and I want to have the Holy Spirit. I want Jesus to have me and I want the Holy Spirit to have me. Put your hands together. If you're thankful today that the Holy Spirit is here like Jesus. You see, once I receive the salvation of Jesus, I need another like him to help me live out that salvation. And oftentimes, hear me when I say this, oftentimes he is most personal when I need the most help. Can anybody in the room today testify that you've needed some help along the years? That you had no idea where you were going to turn. Jackie and I have been living there for the past few months. When we put our home on the market in Alabama, which should be proof to you that we're not going anywhere. Because I don't have a house to go back to in Alabama. But for the past few months, I haven't shared this publicly We've been paying rent, and we've been paying mortgage. That's no fun. That's, that's no fun. I can think of a lot of other things that I would rather be doing than paying mortgage and rent at the same time. But we had to have a little bit of help. Because once we found out that we were expecting again, I said, oh, God, hear my heart. We're about to have another little one. They cost mucho dollars. Babies cost money. We're about to go through diapers again. Formula again. And the the list can go on and on. How many mommies and daddies out there? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I said, God, I got to put this house in your hands because we got to start saving up for the next one. Can I just be real in the room with you today? I told you I was going to teach for a few minutes. I might be sweating, but I'm not preaching right now. Hear me. I said, God, i got to put this house in your hands because it's beyond my control. It's beyond what I can do. And this house has been on the market for a few months now. And I said, Lord, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I have faith and I believe that you're going to do it. I don't see the way, but all I know is you're going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but all I know is you're going to do it. I can't see it in the natural, but I believe you're going to do it. Well, guess what? There's a contract on the house. Come on. Give God a shout of praise. I'll be praising for you. I'm thankful today that the Holy Spirit of God is called alongside of me to help me out. When I don't see how it's going to happen. And you might be there right now, church. You might be there right now to where you are receiving some notices in the mail. You might be there right now to where your bills are starting to overwhelm you. You might be there right now to where you say, my loved ones who don't know Jesus, I'm ready for them to know Jesus. You might be there right now. You might be walking the same road with me. But baby, have faith. Believe that what God said he's going to do, he's going to do. Because here's the deal. You're not alone. You're not by yourself in this. Jesus did not leave you alone. He left you somebody who's going to be there with you every step of the way. Oh, somebody. You see, oftentimes, he is most personal when I need the most help, when I feel like I can't go on when i feel overwhelmed when eric danner feels stressed out that's when the spirit of god begins to encourage me you can do this you can do all things through christ who gives you strength you might go to the gym you might lift a little bit of weights every now and then but here's the deal. That strength, it doesn't compare to the strength that the Holy Spirit of God, it gives to me. i got to have the Spirit of God. i got to rely on His strength. See, there's a peace knowing this, who your help is. There's a peace and knowing who your help is. How many did their taxes this year? This year, I did them by myself. Well, let me back up. I did them online through H&R Block, but I did it myself. Someone said, oh, they're coming. (laughs) But I paid for something this year. I paid for something that was called peace of mind. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It goes something like this. If you do your taxes through H&R Block, and I'm sure, hear me, that whoever you use, they offer something similar to this. But H&R Block, they call it the peace of mind insurance. That in case you do get audited, they're the ones that did your taxes or they're the ones that looked over your taxes getting done and therefore, if someone calls Colin, don't you worry, they're going to take care of it. I thought it was worth having a little bit of peace of mind this year. And I'm so thankful today that I've got some peace of mind. I'm thankful today that I've got some peace of mind in knowing who my help is. Maybe not just in the supernatural, but also, hear me, church and the natural therefore if the enemy ever comes calling oh my goodness i've got some insurance known as the holy spirit of god that i can call on and the lord has already paid it for me through his blood all i had to do was accept the free insurance policy known as salvation and all i gotta do is call 1-800 jesus on the main line and he's gonna send his holy spirit to help me out You see, Satan isn't afraid of me, but he is terrified at who comes alongside of me. Give God a shot of praise if you believe that. Now watch this. If I'm going to equip you today, not only do I want you to know the first truth that he is a person, but I want you to know this, that the Spirit of God is a personality. Hear me when I say this, that he is a personality. Now everyone in this room has a personality. Some of us are funny, and some of us, I'll just keep going. (laughs) But everybody in the sanctuary, you have been equipped from God with your own personality. And there are three essential elements of a personality. The first one I want you to understand is this, is intellect. Everybody here in this room is an intellectual. Hear me when I say this. Everybody here has intellect and the Holy Spirit as a person is intelligent. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And can I tell you this today that it takes a personality to actually know thoughts. Now hear me when I say this. I've been preaching behind this pulpit for over a year now. This specific glass one. I like it. It's not mine, so we can't take it with us, but I like it. This pulpit has seen me preach, has heard what I've had to say. It's heard me preach good sermons, and it's heard me preach, don't you... I'm not going there. It's hurt me on good Sundays, and it's hurt me on Sundays where I weren't really feeling that good. But this pulpit is an inanimate object. It doesn't have the capability to remember things because it's not a personality. It's not a person. But I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is not inanimate. He is not an object. He's not a thing. And because he's not one of those, therefore he is alive and if he is alive, and the Bible says this, that he knows the very thoughts of God, then why on earth would I not give him access to my thoughts? If he has an open door to heaven, then why on earth would I not have an open door to him? If he has an open door to God's ear, then why on earth would I not give him an open door to my ear? The Holy Spirit, if he's a person, he's not a thing, he's not an inanimate object, Therefore, he is alive. I want to give him access to everything that I've got. I want him to have access to me. But hear me. Not only is he an intellect, but the Bible says this, that he also has feelings. Ephesians 4.30. We are taught to not grieve The Holy Spirit. Grieve right there in the Greek is lipo, which means this to make sorrowful, to offend. Now, are there any husbands in the sanctuary today that say if there's one person in our lives that we do not want to make sorrowful and we do not want to offend, it's the wife? It's the mama, because someone just said it. If mama ain't happy, then ain't nobody happy. But I'm here to tell you today that there's somebody that should be on top of even that list. There's someone out there who should be even more important than the feelings of even our spouses. And he is the Holy Spirit. Pastor, how on earth do I know what to do? Now, Now, verse 30, it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but I want you also to take a look at verse 31 because the Bible gives us a list of things that we should not be doing. Get rid of all bitterness. Let it go. I feel like frozen right now. Let it go let it go i am one with the wind and god (laughs) that's the christian version hush whoever did you wrong stop holding an offense to them because if you give them access to your mind then they have access to your emotions Let go, let it go from whatever they've done to you in the past. Here's a thought, why don't you actually forgive them? Because let me tell you something, if Jesus can forgive you for all the times that you have sinned against him, from all the nasty movies that sometimes we go to see, it ain't no Fifty Shades of Grey, it's Fifty Shades of No Way, baby. From all the nasty things that we put on the radio. From all the thoughts, you know what I'm talking about. All the actions that we sin against Jesus. That every time that we sin, it's like we put him back on that cross. Stop living like he's on the cross and start living like he is alive in you. Let it go. Get rid of your rage and your anger and your harsh words and your slander. Now get that for just a moment. I find it interesting. That the author of, uh, of, this, of this passage of Scripture has coupled all of this together. Your rage, your anger, and then your harsh words and your slander. Because how many know your harsh words and your slander, they don't come out of your mouth unless, first off, you got a little bit of rage and anger inside of you. Is there anybody here that's ever met an angry person I saw somebody point to someone else in the sanctuary. I'm not going to say who. I hope they weren't pointing at me. I've met several angry people in the world. It's like, how are you doing? I'm fine. Slow your roll. I was just, how's the wife? She's okay. How's the job? I love it. You know what I'm talking about? Immediately, you got someone in your mind who is like that in your life. But have you ever met someone that for some reason, they're like angry at everything? You know what I'm talking about? If they get a raise, it wasn't enough money. Well, I got a raise, but it wasn't what I wanted. You know, if their wife cooks their favorite meal, it wasn't good enough. If they go get new clothes... They really didn't buy what they truly wanted. You know who I'm talking about. That nothing can make them happy. They're angry. And therefore, because of what is inside of them, that anger and that rage that's inside of them, what spills out is access right here. The tongue. And the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and death. Here's the deal about that. When you are in Jesus, the only thing that you should be speaking is life. You know you have issues if anything else that's coming out of your mouth contradict life. You know that there's something wrong in here by the way that you talk to your wife all the time. If you talk down to her, you know something is wrong, not with her, but something right here. If you talk down to your husband, you know that you've got some issues that you need to get settled before there's something wrong with him. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. Hear me. There's quite a few times that Jackie has let me know. But hear my heart, church. Before you start pointing your finger at someone else, remember, there's always three more pointing at you. So get rid of your rage, your bitterness, your anger, your harsh words, and your gossip. And can I also be pastoral for just a moment? Will you let me have access to you for just a moment to your spirit as a pastor in your life? There better not be no gossiping and no slander in this house. Let me help you. If it is contrary to your flesh, hear me, then it is of the Spirit. But if it is contrary to the Spirit, then it is of your flesh. You see, if we're going to be a people of the Spirit, then it has to be more than speaking in tongues. Sometimes it's also taming your tongue. First Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14.1, the Bible says this, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, a lot of times in my life, I have pursued a lot of things. I pursued my beautiful wife. Hopefully that makes up for that comment I just made. I love you. You look good, preggers. But the Bible says this, Pursue love. You may have, hear me, church... The gifts of the Spirit. You may prophesy. You may have wisdom. You might have knowledge. You might have gifts that I'm not mentioning. But here's the deal the measuring stick for your life will be this Did you love? Don't talk to me about the gifts of the Spirit you have unless also you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Church, uh, I am called to be an apostle of Jesus. I believe that I have more wisdom than Solomon. I believe today that only I have the gift of prophecy. I believe today that only God has opened up the heavens so that only I can speak in tongues to the house. Oh, really? Then how come you're not practicing self-control on top of it? Really, how come I don't see any joy ever come out of your life? How come there's no peace? Can I tell you this? We want to pray for you. Hear me when I say this. We get text all the time. Can you pray for this? Can we pray for that? Yeah, we'll pray for you. Hear me. I'm here. I'm called. We're here to pray for you. But learn how to pray for yourself too. Have peace in your prayer. Knowing this, it's not the pastor who's got to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. And as you pray, know this, have the peace that God has heard you and God has already sent an answer to you. The measuring stick of your life is not do you have the gifts of the Spirit. It's this, did you love somebody? When when you get to heaven, church, are you enjoying this message so far? When you get to heaven and you get to the judgment seat of Jesus, and God looks down upon you, he's not going to ask you, did you enjoy the ride? He's going to ask you, what did you do while you were on the earth? And as far as I know, and I may not know a whole lot. Hear me when I say this. I'm not in this pulpit claiming I'm the wisest and most knowledgeable of all the pastors that's ever walked the face of the earth. But I'm here to tell you this. As far as I know from that Bible, we have two commandments. Love God and love others. And if you're not meeting those commandments then there's something that is obstructing your walk with Jesus. You've got to remember our walk with Jesus is not this wide path. It is a narrow path. It's already hard enough. As soon as we accept Jesus, Jesus did not say it's going to get easier. If someone has ever told you, well, now it's just going to get easy. Not have, were they saved when they said that? The path is already narrow. Because guess what? Narrow is the path to Jesus. When you begin to widen it, you begin to widen your gaze. And when you begin to widen your gaze, you take your focus off of Jesus and you begin to put it on other things along your path. I want to keep my path narrow so that the only person that's in my line, the only person that I focus on Is Jesus. I need him. And the Holy Spirit is there to help me. If we are taught to love, hear me, who better to practice on than the Holy Spirit? Who better to practice on than the Spirit? Because if he can be grieved, then he can also be loved. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to offend him. I don't want to make him sorrowful. Therefore, I want to love him. I pray to the Holy Spirit. I pray to the Spirit of God today in the car on the way here in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this house. Holy Spirit, you're welcome amongst your people. If you don't even want me to preach, you just let me know and you take over. You hold the microphone and you do your thing holy spirit have your way in our lives i worship you because he himself is a part of the trinity he himself is a godhead he himself is god and i don't want to grieve him i want to love him now now hear me when i say this not only as i'm beginning to close as you have intellect feelings but get this he also has a will First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 the bible says this but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills is there anybody in the sanctuary that's ever prayed this prayer let your will be done how I many at times that is one of the most hard th- hardest things that you could ever pray in your life let your will be done because a lot of times his will contradicts what we want Can I just be straight up with you? A lot of times, his will, it contradicts my flesh. Well, God, that person, they they hurt me in the past, and I just pray judgment upon them. That's not the will of God. Well, Lord, the person next to me, they just got a new car, and I want a new car too. Thank God that they got a new car. And you continue to be faithful in your giving and watch God do what he did in their life. He has a will. I remember praying in Bible college over my future wife that I want the will of God. And all of my pastoral vocations over the year, Jackie and I together have prayed this, let your will be done. Before we left Spring Hill, Florida to go to Phoenix City, Alabama, we prayed, God, let your will be done. Before we left Phoenix City, Alabama and came to New Smyrna Beach, Florida, we said, God, let your will be done. Because here's the deal, the Holy Spirit's will is going to line up with the Father's will. And if you don't line up with the Holy Spirit's will, then you are outside of God's will. I don't want to be outside of God's will. The Bible says this in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. See, when I'm in alignment with the spirit, I am in alignment with the will of God. And every now and then, how many know your car, it needs aligning? Every now and then, we got to put it in the shop and we say, listen, listen. Everything else is fine with it. The tires are okay. I don't need an oil change. It's just it's a little bit out of alignment. When it begins to pull you in the wrong direction, you know you need to go get aligning. You see, when your flesh begins to pull you in the wrong direction, you say, all right, it's time that the Holy Spirit begins to guide me again. When your flesh begins to win over you and you say, okay, I think it'll be okay if I go watch that movie this time. I think it'll be okay if I don't go to church this Sunday because it's raining. We say we want a move of God and we say we want revival except when it rains. We need a little bit of alignment again. I want to be in alignment with the spirit. You see, how do we do that? How are we in alignment with God? We rely on the guide. I I need someone who knows the terrain. I need someone who knows what they're talking about. I need someone who can assist me on the way. I'm going to rely on the guide. And as I'm beginning to close this morning, is there anybody here that would declare with me and testify that sometimes I need the guide? And I'm going to rely on the guide from here on out. Put your hands together if you're going to rely on the guide. And can I mention to you today that the spirit, he's not only a person, he not only has a personality, but he also has the attributes, the attributes of God. While he is a person, hear me, he is divine. He is not a person like you and me. I am just a normal man. There's nothing special about me. But there's something special about the person I've been talking about today. Because while he is a person, he is a divine person. He has all the attributes of God himself. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is omnipresent. And he can do what God can do. And because I'm here to tell you today that we need to be the people of the Holy Spirit, he does the work of God in our life. Now watch this as I'm closing. In the very first two verses of the entire Bible, Genesis chapter 1, 1 through Genesis chapter 1, 2. In the beginning, God, as I've taught you before, the word God right there is Elohim. It's plurality. It can literally be read as this. In the beginning, God's. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God's created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, what was the Spirit of God as I'm closing? Hear me, it's about to get good. What was the Spirit of God hovering over? And one translation, we know that the Bible says this, that the Spirit of God was hovering over chaos. There is chaos because not yet has God formed what we see today known as the universe. There's chaos unless God forms it. And if there's chaos in your life, you need to let God form it again. Because here's the deal. What was the Spirit of God hovering over? He was hovering all of the bubbly gases. He was, he was hovering over the liquids uh, that's in the atmosphere. But it is not yet the terra firma. It was not yet n- the, the, the earth known as, as we know it today. It was all chaos. And anything that is outside of the Spirit of God is chaos. Before I was saved, I lived in Chaos. I'm going to come over here. I needed someone known as a guide. I needed somebody known as a paraclete. I needed an advocate. I needed a comforter. I needed a spirit to help set me straight because I was in chaos. I'll come back over here. I needed the Spirit of God because without the Spirit of God, everything around me was chaotic. And I needed somebody to help come and straighten me out. I needed somebody to help me come and straighten me out. I'm so thankful that I had the Spirit of God hover over me. You see, I used to just exist. I used to just be here. But now, because of Jesus' work and because of the Holy Spirit's help, I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I was an old creation. It was chaotic in my life. But the Spirit of God come alongside of me. And help me be new. And while I could talk to you today about regeneration, while I can talk to you today about his resurrection power or or his investments, I'm thankful today that out of the chaos known as Eric Danner, he saw me and made me what I am today. Somebody give God some praise in this house. It was the Spirit of God who breathed life back into me. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. Ruach, it literally means this. It means wind or breath. The Greek word, the New Testament we know as the Spirit is pneuma. Pneuma, it means this, to be filled with air. And can I tell you today as I'm closing that there is no life without air I needed somebody to breathe into me I needed somebody to breathe something new into me and we're going to get to Pentecost Sunday but in my Bible the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that as the Holy Spirit fell there was a wind that blew into the room and what i have been praying church is that even though we are not yet in pentecost sunday i'm gonna have the wind of the spirit of god underneath my wings everywhere i go because i need to be filled with the spirit of god i need new life i need new breath every day of my life i've got to be in alignment with him somebody give god some praise in the house Because when I accepted Jesus, I began to breathe for the first time. But as I'm closing now, I think it would be a misjustice today. If all I did was inform you of the Holy Spirit, I think I would actually need to go home and repent. If all I did today was describe who he is. Because the Holy Spirit is not somebody that you just inform about. The Holy Spirit is not just someone that you can describe. The Holy Spirit of God is someone that you experience. You know me, not just because of me outside, but every Sunday you hear what comes out from the inside. Many times over the past year, almost a year and a half now, coming up on a year and a half in just a couple of months, I've been there with you, a lot of you through thick and thin. When things were going wrong in your life, I had the honor to be there and help you out, to pray with you. Hopefully, it helped you out, (laughs) to lend a helping hand. You know me because of the experiences that you've had with Jackie and I. But you wouldn't know me if all you did was talk to someone in the community about me. Hear me. That person that you talked to wouldn't know me just by how you described me. If they ever passed by me in the street, they would not recognize who I am just because you informed them about the new guy at Calvary. They would know me if they came here and experience the new pastors at Calvary. It would be a misjustice if all I did today was talk about who the Holy Spirit was and is. It would be a misjustice if all I did was inform you and describe. Today we got to experience. Now as I'm closing today, hear me. I want you to pretend today that i got a piece of coal in my hand. Can you see it? There's nothing special about this invisible piece of coal. It's just a lump of rock, isn't it? But this piece of coal, if given to the right person, it actually has a function. If you've ever driven in West Virginia, the Appalachians, you know, that's coal country. And coal country... It exists to help us have electricity. It helps power everything that we have. And what they do, as you know, is it's more than just a rock to them. They begin to, to, to pound it into a fine powder. And I'm not going to explain the, the full process of how it works. But in the right hands, that piece of coal is worth a whole lot of money. But in the hands of just an average person, a piece of coal is just a rock because they don't know how to use it. It's just no better than actually me going out into the parking lot and finding another rock. It's just a rock. But in the right hands... it can power everything. And the right hands, it can turn the light on. And the right hands, it will provide for you. And the hands of the ones who actually know how to use it, it can be more than just a rock to you in the hands of someone that actually knows how to use it it can power everything and today i'm praying as the band comes come band quickly that the holy spirit of god hear me would be like the piece of coal in the hands of the right person because today hear me, hear me hear me church hear my heart that We need the Holy Spirit of God to power everything. I need the Holy Spirit of God to provide for me. I need the Holy Spirit of God to turn the light on for me. I need the Holy Spirit of God to fill me with air. I need the Holy Spirit of God to breathe life into me. Whenever I am weak, the Holy Spirit is strong. Whenever I don't know where to go, guess what? I've got a rock. I got some coal. And I know how to use it because I can... I can use that GPS statement wherever I go, and he can help me get out of any situation I find myself in. Whenever I need an advocate, whenever I feel like Satan is after me, guess what? I got a piece of coal, and in the hands of the right person, I know that the Holy Spirit is there to help guard me, to help defend me, to be my advocate against the enemy. Whenever I am in darkness, in the hands of the right person, I know somebody that can put the light back on for me. Whenever I I am alone. Whenever I am by myself, whenever I am stressed out, guess what? I got a comforter, and in the right hands, I believe that He will provide peace for me. We need the Spirit of God in this house. We are going to be a church of the Spirit. We need the Spirit. We need to be people of, and we need to be people for the Holy Spirit of God. If you believe that, what I want you to do, put both of your hands up in the air today. In fact, stand up on your feet and just begin to invite and invoke the Spirit of God to be in this house. Holy Spirit, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. we need yes, you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Breathe life into this house. Sing this out.